Hello everyone and welcome to Someone Should Have Told Me. My heart is so full right now. I have lost both my parents at once this past week. And you know, I talk about them all the time in my podcast. I talk about my mom with dementia. I talk about my dad and how he was taking care of her. I talk about what great parents they were. And I talk about how they loved each other. Now, they have shown us this great love story that I am very blessed to be a part of. And when you're in it, you don't see it because of what is going on. But as I look back from beginning, when I was born till the very end, they always were looking out for each other. They always were worried about what the other needed, what the other wanted, and how to make the other happy and be satisfied. There were happy days. People are coming out from every which way saying that they seen it. That they seen how close they were, how much they loved each other, and how they knew that they weren't going to be able to be without each other. I guess I'm going to start at the end because it's the significance of the story. Now, you guys know my mom had been ill with dementia for the past few years, at least five. And they were living in a home and they wanted to stay in the home and we tried to get care inside the home and everything to help with my dad. And we were there, you know, I talk about, I was going every Saturday, giving her a bath and washing her hair. Well, things had started to get a little bit more difficult and they decided that they wanted to move into assistant living. So assistant living, they just moved there in March. And my dad was fine. My dad was fine in March when he were, was making the decisions of where they were going to live. And so they took them out to the assistant living and they found one that they really liked. And they said, OK, we're going to move here and we're going to have help. And you guys, you know, well, they're trying to give us a break. You know, that's the kind of parents that they were. 
they're trying to give us a break because my dad is worried because uh, we're working and I have one sister that gives herself dialysis and he's like we're gonna move in assistant living that's gonna give y'all a break and you know y'all can still you know be there for us but you know I'm not trying to wear y'all down as my father would say so March they moved in assisted living and they were doing pretty decent and we still end up going because my mother was a determined lady and you were going to treat her right and she had standards that needed to be upheld and I guess the assistant living people were not keeping up with those standards so therefore she was refusing to let them do anything for her plus she loves her family so much she just wanted us to do it because I guess we do it the proper way and she knew that I mean seven kids we can take care of her so we start going because the assistant living organization was not taking care of her properly and there was some issues with the assistant living so therefore we start going again we start going and then maybe we said maybe we should go twice a week so my mom was up walking we were continuing her care and they were in this assistant living they didn't have to worry about meals because the meals were provided in the assistant living and they were good even though they were kind of far away from us at least 20 minutes at least 20 minutes away from us and so therefore here it is we have um, Mother's Day and then my mom had kind of started going down and then we had to start feeding her and that was okay too we'd go and we'd feed her because it come to find out she had refused food for like two days and then when I came in and I found her laying on the floor I picked her up and we got her in the shower and she ate and then she started to come back around we were giving her insure she started to come back around and then she started walking again and it was looking things were looking up then we went on Saturday I think this particular Saturday I end up going alone because we were going more we were going more so then the my other sisters had been going all week so when Saturday came and I was able to go I went on Saturday and I think it had been you know a couple times uh, maybe another time within the week she was walking on Saturday we had her walking I had her walking in the hall and with holding a wheelchair 
And she was doop, 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 because that was her thing. She would just like sing and, and shake because um, she would dance a little bit with the wheelchair to show us that she was doing good and feeling good. So then that Monday, me and my sister went, and she said she couldn't stand up. She was like, no, that her, we thought maybe it was her knee or her foot. Um, she was really t saying like it was her knee. So we put some Bengay on her knee and we gave her some Tylenol and we put her in the bed and then we left. Well, that night, I guess she was in agony. So my dad ended up going, calling the assistant living front desk and they end up calling EMS for my mom and they took her to the hospital. Well, they found out she had a UTI and so they gave her an IV and they um, sent her to rehab afterwards so that maybe we can get her back walking. Well, she was in rehab and they tried very hard to get her back walking, but she would only stand on her tippy toes, they said. And I am not a doctor, but analytically speaking, I think that her feet had started to um, straighten out and that it hurt it for them to have shoes on and to bend up. So when people are starting to like be dehydrated or are getting older, it's important to put shoes on them because their feet will straighten out and they won't be able to stand anymore. And it seemed like this it was what was starting to happen. So then we brought her home, we brought her home and she had to have a hospital bed and so then we were coming every day, twice a day at this point, because my dad, he was starting to slow up, but you know, nothing that we thought was so serious. So he was slowing up. He was starting to um, be unsteady on his feet. And it's like, oh my goodness, dad, you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it because he, would tell us he fell while my mom was in rehab he had fell and said he had hurt his ribs because he tried to stop his fall and then he ended up hitting himself in the ribs and he told me I hit pretty hard he was such a funny man <laughs> he said I hit pretty hard my ribs is sore so so ah <sighs> so we didn't know that anything was going on with him and we visited my mom he was still driving mind you my parents are 88 now and they would have been 89 in August now they both were born in August and they both were born in 1933 so this is really coming into the world together and going out together. So my mom came home from rehab, as I said, and we were going twice a day at this point because 
my dad had slowed down to the point where we like, we're not going to leave this to him to take care of her because he needs to take care of himself at this point and we need to try to help him. And all of this, like I said, since March. And then here we are and we went through Father's Day and my mom was home so we were coming twice a day for that. Then and I'm outside, so if you hear some outside noises, that is what's going on. But here we go. So we're going twice a day. And then my dad, we went, and he was not getting better. He seemed like he was dehydrated, which is what we really thought he was. He was dehydrated, we thought. And so he had a doctor's appointment. My sister was going to take him to the doctor. And I had went the night before, and she had been there the day in the daytime before. And she said he never got up. She was probably there maybe um, three hours at least. And he did not get up from the couch the whole time. So therefore, when I got there, he was still on the couch and he was not sitting up straight. And I'm like, Daddy, what is going on? I was like, did you drink some water? Did you take your vitamins? And so I gave him some vitamins and I had went down to get their food because I was there to feed my mom. So I went to get, get their food, and I gave him his food, and I went in to feed my mom. And when I came back out, he had just messed over the food he hadn't ate. And so then I'm like, Dad, you need to drink an Ensure or something because you haven't been eating. He was like, I know, I know. It's going to be better. And then he said to me about my mom, he said, I just wanted her to get better so that we could go for a ride or something. I said, I know, Daddy, I know. And I said, you know what? I'm going to put you in the bed before I go because you seem a little unsteady. He said, okay. So I helped him to get in the bed. And I said, Daddy, you going to the doctor tomorrow? And they probably going to just give you an IV. And then you're going to be right back home. You're going to be okay. He said to me, I ain't leaving out of here yet. Meaning, you know, he hadn't planned on leaving this earth just yet. So the next day, talked to my sister. And I was like, you know, you might need some help going to the doctor with him because he was not walking very good last night. She was like, I'm going to just put him in the wheelchair. And that sister, we have started calling her the soldier because she, no matter what, she has been the rock and she has been the one that gives herself dialysis. So we are all 
they're supporting each other. And I'm going to say right now, and I'm going to say it again, every last one of my six brothers and sisters have been on point and have made things happen and there has been no negativity and I love it and I appreciate it and I am very thankful for that. Now, back to my dad. So I put him in the bed and I left. That next morning I talked to my sister. She said she was going to put him in a wheelchair. Now, that's what she did. And then she said when she got to the hospital, they helped her to get him out. Now, he went into the hospital and when we took him to the hospital, he was communicating. He was talking. And then they were, you know, trying to find out what was going on with him. The next morning we had a meeting with hospice for my mom. So my dad was in observation um, for 24 hours. And then that next morning we had to go and meet with hospice for my mom. So therefore my sister, one of my sisters went up to the hospital with my dad. Um, me and another sister went for the meeting with hospice and my niece, my niece, my older sister's daughter, she's almost like a sister. She's my oldest niece and she just comes and she has been, she helped us take care of my mom. She has been right there with us 100% of the way and nobody is looking for any payment. We are just taking care of my mom who took care of us and my mom was an awesome mom, awesome grandmother. So therefore, we are in the meeting with hospice for my mom. We call my sister who's at the hospital with my dad. And the nurse casually says to my sister, oh, they're in a hospice meeting with your mom? Well, you, you might have to have one for your dad. And oh my goodness, the anger within us. I was like, how rude. This woman... For her to just say that about my dad, he's in observation. What is wrong with her? Oh my goodness, this is so upsetting. <sighs> so, you calm down. And then by this time, after the 24 hours, my father was starting to get a tiny bit confused. It's like, what is going on? Oh my goodness. So, we finished the meeting for hospice with my mom. That is good. So now the next day, the soldier sister <laughs> goes to the hospital with my dad. And the day before when my dad was in the hospital, my sister was there with my mom and I had came to be with her because this was devastating my dad's in the hospital and my mom's going in hospice and 
It's just so much going on that we're just taking it step by step by step, not even thinking. So one would relieve someone at the hospital with my dad. One would relieve someone at the house with my mom. And then the third day. So they finally got a bed for my dad. By this time, he couldn't even speak. And when I got to the hospital to see my dad, I had been there with my mom. And then I went to go see my dad. The next day after I was on my way back to my mom's, because at this point, we were spending the night. We had to take turns spending the night there with my mom. So at this point, I go see my dad, and then I come back home, pick up my husband, and then we go and we spend the night with my mom. So while I was there at the hospital, as I said, my dad could not speak. But I knew that he was still alert because I came in and I grabbed his hands because he was very agitated because they said that he was probably in pain. That was a sign that he was in pain. But I grabbed his hands and I just rubbed his hands and I told him, Mom is okay. We're taking turns spending the night with her. It's going to be okay. You're going to be back with her soon. Dad, it's going to be okay. And so he took my hand and he was telling me, pull him over, pull him over. Of course, it wasn't clear, but the way he was reacting, then I was able to pull him over and make him comfortable in the bed with a pillow behind his back. And then he kind of settled down a little bit and the nurses were there and they were saying, he was asking for my mom he, when he was able to talk and that I had calmed him down a little. Well, when I first got there, I said a prayer. That was the very first thing I did before anything else because to see my father like this was devastating when he just was fine. He just had been fine. A couple of days ago, a week ago, and all he wanted to do was just my mother to get better so that they can travel and just be together. So then they told me while I was there that he was put on hospice on Friday and that they were going to be discharging him on the 4th of July morning. So my sister had said that when they come home, she wanted to take them to her house. When he comes home, then no one would have to spend the night out there with my mom. They would be together. And so we had went there that Sunday after we left my mom. Then we went to go see my dad and um, made sure everything was set up for when he was going to be discharged. Um, 
talking to my sister on the phone with the nurse and everything was set up. So she was getting everything ready at her home for them. So the next day, the 4th of July, the 4th of July, they came, they brought my dad. They were very good at the things that they did for, for us. So they brought my dad to my sister's house, but they said because of the holiday, they were not going to be able to bring my mom until Tuesday morning. My sister would not be easy with that. She was like, oh my God, we just want them to be together and he's home. She's here. If you get me a bed, we will get my mother here. Don't even worry about it. So they said, okay, we'll get you a bed. So they brought the bed. My sister and her husband was there at my mom's. They had relieved my brother who had spent the night the night before. And then they came to relieve him and they were there. And my sister whose home they were going to called them and said, the bed is here. You can bring her. So they together put my mom in the car and drove her to my sister's house and we all assisted and we got her in her bed and comfortable and then we started saying mom dad is here dad mom is here dad you guys are together and so they were together and I can't even tell you what time my mom actually got there. But it had to be between, I'm going to say between two and four. I am not sure. Time was not on my mind at this time. So we kept going in. My one sister was like, oh, my goodness, you know, he seems to have a lot of phlegm. They told us that he couldn't have not even water. So we kept taking those sponges and putting wa ice water on him. He seemed to enjoy them so that he can have, you know, a little wetness in his mouth. Oh, my goodness. It was something. My father to go from being perfectly okay and well till his diagnosis being multi-melanoma, which means that cancer has spread even in his bloodstream. And so he was there and we were attending to him and my mom was there and we attended to her we tried to give her some water or something to drink and she was choking on it so we couldn't give her anything else to drink or eat because she could not drink even the water so they're in the room together neither one of them can communicate but they're together and I know that they 
heard us when we said that each one was there. And so we stayed there and every last one of my brothers and sisters were there. And then we said, okay, we're about to leave. And it had to be maybe 7.15. So we all got in our cars and we left. And my sister was there and her mate. And then my niece came from work and went in to see my dad. And she came out with tears in her eyes saying, I don't think he's still here. So my sister's mate is a fireman. So he went in and checked. And so my sister called us all. And all she said was, you got to come back. We didn't ask no questions. Not one of us asked a question. We just turned our cars around because none of us had made it home yet. Turned our cars around and went back. And when we went back, he was gone. So, I will say that it was so intimate with him being at home with us. It was so intimate. We all were there and we were able to go and touch him and hold him and tell him that we love him still. And then we had to call, you know, the hospice nurse. And then she called everyone and the coroner came. And the magnificent thing about my dad is as the coroner drove off with my dad, it's the 4th of July, fireworks are going off everywhere and he deserved every one of those fireworks to be going off just for him because he was there from the beginning with my mom until the end no matter what and now he has taken on going before my mom we knew my mom was going to go sometime soon. They had gave her within two months when they put her in hospice. And so we like, oh my God, mom, it's okay if you want to go with dad because my mom couldn't communicate a lot, but she would say a few words when we would go over there and we would give her music therapy. And her favorite song was God's Grace by, I think his name is Luther. I don't know his last name, but that was my mom's favorite song. So we would play it for her when we would go over to feed her and wash her. And then we would play C.C. Winings, Believe. And then at the Dove Awards is Corrine Hawthorne and Natalie Green. Speak the name of Jesus. And when I played that for my mom the first time, she was like, that is 
beautiful. So those are the things we would do when we would go over there. So my dad was gone and he drove off and we did tell my mom and I don't know if she fully comprehend but it was less than 24 hours before she passed. Now after we went home after my dad passed and I got up the next morning and it was my turn to go and give my mother a bath. So I went to my sister's house because just because she was at my sister's house didn't mean that it was all my sister's responsibility. And it was my turn to give my mom a bath. So I went to go give her a bath and I cleaned her up really nice and put a really pretty dress on her. And her sister was coming to visit that day. And she didn't make a sound when I washed her, when I turned her, just a little sound, like maybe it was hurting a little bit. I oiled her body and I kept constantly telling my mother what a great mom she was what a great mom she was and still loving us as much as she did and keeping us and teaching us. And then my other sister came and helped and we were in there together just loving my mother and telling her how much we loved her and that we understood if she wanted to go with my dad. So we finished cleaning her up and everybody starts showing up, all my brothers and sisters. So we were all there. My brother-in-law happened to go in and look at my mom and he said, I think your mom is gone. And we all jumped up and we went into the room and my mom took one more breath and we all were right there. We were all right there with her. And we were happy for her and for her life. And that she had went to be with my dad. It's like he went to make a place for her. And then said, come on, let's go. Because a couple of times, I don't know if you guys believe in spirits or not. But one time we had went in the last week and my dad said he had seen my mom standing up. And me and my sister got so excited. We were like, oh my God, this is great. Oh my goodness. And we went into the room and she still had the pillow in between her legs, still was pretty much in the same position that we had left her in. She hadn't moved. And we're like, oh my goodness, there's no way that she could have stood up. And my dad had said, you think she forgot that she's sick?
and we laughed about that because, of course, he was just a funny man and he was joking about it. But my analyzation of that situation is that they both were getting close and she probably was standing up in her spirit and saying, come on, come on. But that, it didn't happen that way. It happened only the way that the divine spirit wanted it to have. And it was so funny because you try to still find the truth. And the truth sometimes is funny. But my sister said, you know what? She didn't never like going nowhere by herself. <laughs> and we started to chuckle. But we are so happy and we take solace that they are together and that they have lived their whole lives together, loving each other and worrying about each other. And I'm going to have to do a podcast about that love because what I seen my whole lifetime is that my mother was always worried about my father, about his happiness, about was he okay, no matter where she was. She was like, I got to get home and cook some dinner for my husband. I got to do this for my husband. And since they have passed away, the minister that is going to do the eulogy, he said to me that my mother said, we ain't never spent a night apart. And I know that that is not always possible for everyone, but that was them. And they always worried about each other. I can even remember a time when my mom was pregnant with my brother, youngest brother, and we always went to church on New Year's Eve to bring the New Year's Eve in at church, you know, the night watch service is what they called it. And my mom was pregnant and she was bedridden when New Year's came in because he was born that January 25th on my older sister's birthday. But New Year's Eve, we had went to church, but my dad did not want to be away from my mom when the New Year came in. So before the new year came in, he gathered us up out of church and we drove home so that we could be with my mom, even though she was bedridden. And we all got on our knees around that bed and my father prayed that new year in. That is one great memory that I have about my parents. And I'm sure I'll be sharing more. But I have went way over my usual time. And I ask you guys to pray for me. Even though I feel so blessed to be a part of my family. And to be a part of this special love that my parents had. And they have really took it to the end 
And my dad had given my mother that necklace that said, I love you then, I loved you still, and I'll love you till the end. Because they took it way past death now, and now they're together, and this death is not the end for them because they're together and rest in heaven, my parents. I love you so much. And I love each and every one of you guys so much. And I just want to get through this because we haven't even went to the funeral yet. And I'm taking it day by day by day, moment by moment. Please say a prayer for me and my family. And I love you all. And I will talk to you again soon. You can listen to me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pandora, Spotify, Listen Now, and YouTube, and anywhere else that you listen to your podcast. Thanks for listening to me, and I will talk to you again soon. You can email me at sshtmpodcasts at gmail.com. Have a great week, guys. And I'll talk to you soon.